Good evening. Good evening. I want you guys to close your eyes for a second. I'll keep my eyes open to make sure that you're closing your eyes. And I want you guys to imagine a spider, like a normal house spider. Uh, I see some cowwebs here. So imagine a, a spider spinning a web. And what happens when a, a fly or a bug goes near that web and it touches the web? What happens? It gets stuck. Now, when it gets stuck, the spider says, hey, you, by the way, you can open your eyes now. The spider says, hey, this is lunch. And it goes there, wraps it up, maybe saves it for later, comes back, dessert, dinner kind of thing. So it'll come and eat it. Now, imagine the spider came to you. Uh, let's call it Charlotte. And Charlotte says, hey, you know what? I, subprime mortgages are really affecting the economy. I'm not sure if there are going to be a lot of flies around. Um, not sure if there are going to be bugs. So you know what? I want to I be like Simba the lion, you know, the Lion King. And he says, you know what? Let me go and hunt. You know, I want some zebra. That's something exotic, something different. So he goes and says, I'm going to go and hunt some zebra. What would you tell Charlotte? Yeah, right. Why, why would you say, yeah, right? Do you think he can do it? No, because it's not in the spider's nature to hunt like a lion can. Why are we surprised when we hear newspaper headlines that say, a lawyer pleads guilty to a drug charge, or a man is charged with the death of his brother? Maybe these guys are just following their very nature. One of uh, Brother Charlie's favorite authors, D.L. Moody, said, you will often find the best Christians do strange things. Why? Because they give in to their old nature. The horse has but one nature, and he's true to it. The sheep, the ox have their nature, and they're true to it. But, it. but a child of God has two natures, one deceitful, corrupt, and carnal, the other a heavenly nature, given when we are born into the family of God and we are made partakers of the divine nature. Now that I've... Now, I've never had any serious conflict with myself until I got the new nature. Then the warfare began. I agree with the man that said it was as if one foot wanted to go one way and the other foot another way. I found I had to crucify one nature. Men either give way to their corrupt and deceitful desires, or they put off the old man and put on the new man by faith. That's D.L. Moody. Paul said it slightly differently, but basically the same thing. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17. Just going to summarize it. It says, live by the Spirit. For if you live by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of your sinful nature. Because your sinful nature is always in conflict with your spirit. And your spirit is always in conflict with your sinful nature. So they always meet. And no decision that you ever make is free of this conflict. I want us to keep that in mind as we turn in our book to modern-day Turkey. Um, chapter 4. Chris told you about it. In Ephesus, chapter 4, Ephesians, verse 17-32. through 32. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to their sinful nature and indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you've heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus." You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Remember that. So as to be made new, created to be like God, true, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil a foothold. For, for he who has been stealing must steal no longer. And must work, do something useful with his hands. And he may have something to share with those in need. And do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others, according to their needs. And it may benefit those who listen. 
And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which whom you were sealed, for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and malice, along with it, and slander and every form of malice. Be kind, compassionate to one another, just, just as God was forgiving to you through Christ Jesus. I want us to take a look at what it says about the old nature. Now in verse 17, I think it says there's futility in their thinking, people who are stuck in their old nature. Now that's a nice way to call someone dumb. So now I don't have to call Jade silly anymore. I can say, Jade, there's some futility in your thinking. But why is there futility in these people's thinking? It's because they harden their hearts. It says they don't, uh, they've lost all sensitivity. Uh, that means they don't care about right and wrong anymore because they've given themselves over to their sinful desires or immoral desires. It tells me to stay away from sinning, well, from lying, staying angry, stealing, foul language, bitterness, rage, harsh words, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, it says to stay away from sexual sin, impurity, lust, and other shameful things. Don't be greedy for the things of this world, for this is idolatry. But what do we do as Christians? Maybe we're in primary school, and you know when that classmate, you know, insults you and lies on you, you might say to yourself, hey, I don't like this kid talking to me like that. And they might say, hey, shut up, you know, your stupid self. And you might say, hey, that's your ma, and a big head. Or maybe you're in high school, you've graduated from primary school, you know, you, you might curse now and say, hey, F you. Or you might uh, gossip along with your friends. Maybe you're a guy, you might lust after a girl. Maybe you're in college, went to college, and uh, I had a roommate. He came there, he was a Muslim. He told me, um, I'm just like you, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to get along fine. But he smoked, so he told me this up front. So I was like, okay, now I don't smoke because, you know, you're going to smell bad when you come near me. He's like, oh, no, we got it. So it started off with just some smoking cigarettes. One week later, people are carrying him into my room. So I'm like, who is this guy? They're like, isn't this your roomie? I'm like, I, I don't know. This is not the same guy I met. They're carrying him to my, into the room because he's drunk. So I'm like, okay, he's drunk. So I'm not going to put up with too much of this. Then I get a call from a guy named Shaker. Now, all parents, I'm telling you, if you get a call from a guy named Shaker, he's a drug dealer. Okay? The guy calls me and says, hey, hey, is Shabazz there? Shabazz is my roommate. Hey, is Shabazz there? I'm like, no, he isn't. So he says, hey, well, can you tell him um, uh, that the stuff came in? So I'm like, the stuff? So he's like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, click. So I'm like, I wonder what the stuff could be. So he said, hey, Shabazz, the stuff came in. You know, your weed's there. So he's like, oh, weed? I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm like, well, he just told me Shaker just called. Look, man, I, I just wanted to try it out. You know, I, I just wanted to, you know, everyone's doing it. It's like, ah, don't worry, guys, I got rid of him. Maybe you're, uh, you're working. You're not in high school, college, or in primary school anymore. And maybe you might have the idea that, hey, your boss should pay me more for, for, your, um, for your work. You don't feel he's compensating you well. So you might take that extra 10 minutes at lunch, you know. Or you might say a harsh word to your fellow employees or uh, your coworkers, or maybe even your customers. But I wonder what we should do about it. What does God say we should do? In uh, verse 21, it says, Because of learning about Jesus, you are to throw off your old nature, which is corrupted by its deceitful desires and to put on a new nature that shows renewed thoughts and attitudes. You should display your new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous and holy. In verse 25, it says, I should be truthful, good, helpful, and encouraging to people, honest in work. It says to be kind, compassionate, and the most difficult one probably for some of us is forgiving. So maybe when we're in primary school and, you know, that kid says, hey, you have a big head, you don't talk about their mother anymore, you just say, thank you, I've been learning a lot today. Or maybe you're in a high school, you don't curse anymore because nothing unclean is supposed to come out of our lips. That includes gossip as well. Maybe if we're a guy and we're lusting after the different girls, 
you can go to someone, a, a mature brother, especially if you're a guy, I advise you to go to another guy, probably talk about it, they probably dealt with it. But you go to a guy and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Someone who won't encourage you to continue that lifestyle. Maybe when you get off to school, and you will see it, most of you, Christian school or not, when you go off to school, people are going to go there and say, hey, bye, mom and dad, see you, see you Christmas, Thanksgiving. When they get over there, woo, they're gone wild. Maybe you'll be strong enough to stand up. Maybe you can speak properly to the people at your work. Just watch what you say. Uh, I know that might be difficult sometimes because we, we always interact with them. Sometimes Jade and I, row. I wake up in the morning, I'll see Jade and say, hey, Jade, Jade will say, shut up, Drew. I, I take that as Drew, I love you, you know. Uh, but sometimes I think with, uh, with our coworkers and our fellow employees, we, we become so complacent with them that, you know, we feel like we can almost speak to them any, any way. And sometimes you don't know how they might be feeling sometimes. So we, we might say something that might hurt their feelings. Maybe let's just be a little bit more conscious of that. Now, because I'm only father's son, I, I notice some of you are, are looking at me as I should tell a story, so I, I don't want to disappoint you. Um, by the way, anyone here went to St. Augustine's College at all? Woo, soccer. Where, where are you guys? Oh. I love you, Sockers. Wow. That's the greatest high school on the island. Sorry, Rachel, not St. Andrews, you know. Uh, no, 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 don't cut it. Don't, don't cut it yet. Hey, Jeremy, you went to Sock, too. I see you up there. Yeah. Jeremy can attest to this. But um, Jeremy, as Terrence said, I'm a, I'm a fowler, you know, meaning I hunt birds. So we're playing basketball on the court now. I'm a tall guy. Terrence said, I'm a tall guy. I'm a fowler, meaning I hunt birds. And all these guys, they're scared of my awesome skill on the court. So that to me, they're like chickens. They're like, oh man. And I, I believe they read that verse in Psalms that said, uh, beware of the snare of the fowler. They knew it was coming. <laughs> so I'm on the court. I'm a fowler. I'm hunting chickens. You know, I'm shaking and baking them. I'm going to the rim. I go to dunk. The guys say, oh, Drew, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, I'm shaking and baking. And then I go to dunk. And I'm jumping in the air. I have time to talk in the air, spin around, look at my watch. Wow. All this stuff. So I go to dunk. And when I go to dunk, an amazing thing happens. Everyone steps back. Drew, no, no. So I'm like, what happened? Like, do I smell bad? No. And they're like, Drew, no, man. Oh, come on, Drew. So I'm like, what is it? They're like, Drew, your pants, man. Your pants. So I'm like, what, what is it? I thought I had a hole. The guy said, Drew, your pants are too young for you older people. It means it's too short. They said, I'm wearing pom-pom shorts. I have the same pants. Now, now this is where my knee is. I, I was probably a little bit shorter. This is probably grade 10 or 11. To Drew, you wearing pump-pump shorts. So I'm like, um, okay. They're like, you can't be coming here like this. Don't come back here next week in these pants. So because I don't take threats lightly, I went home. I told mom and dad. Hi, mom, in the balcony. I told mom and dad. And I came back the next week in the same pants because I don't play. You know, I went back. I put them on. I'm like, oh, yeah. Woo. Like my nice comfy pants, you know, when the air blows. You know, woo. Feels good. So all the guys are like, Drew, no, man, we told you about this last week. Just look, let's carry you to Mr. Musgrove. Mr. Musgrove teaches at St. Andrews now. You can, you can go to Knoxham tomorrow. So we go to Mr. Musgrove. They're like, Mr. Musgrove, Drew's interfering with our ability to, you know, play basketball. You know, I, I, I can't compete on the court this way. So I'm like, Mr. Musgrove, they're just lying. They know my skill is great. So Mr. Musgrove's like, what's wrong? And they, then they tell him, Drew's pants are too young. He's like, what? Like, look, he's wearing pom-pom shorts. You know, the, uh, when, when Drew jumps, I see London, I see France. You guys know the rest. You know, so I'm like, oh, wow. And the guys, the guys are rough. So, so Mr. Musgrove says, you know, Drew, a new pair of pants is $20. Now, because I'm being Wendley's kid, they're teachers. They don't make money. And I didn't have a job. So I told them, hey, I ain't spending $20 on no new pair of pants. Y'all better get this from me. So I see a guy reaches in his wallet. He looks at my face. And he looks back at my pants and says, 
He digs in, he pulls out a dollar, wrestles it down, another guy, 35 cents. So my class, 30 guys now put together, get me a pair of pants. I'm going to show it to you. <laughs> See, I save things now, I save things. They got me a Nike pants. Mr. Musgrove sold me a Nike pair of pants, $20. Nike, just do it. All right, so they, they told me, Drew, put it on. So I go and I put on the pants, and they're like, yes, a decent pair of pants. You know, I'm like, wow. You know, I want you to understand that some people are going to look at your Christianity like pump them shorts, meaning they're not going to take it seriously. They're going to look at you and say, yeah, you know, just conform to the standard. Everyone's doing it. Nike says, just do it. Drew, just, just do it. When you go off to school, drink, have sex. You know, it's not a big deal. People are going to look at your Christianity and say, yeah, you know, it's not real. I want you guys to remember Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, that says, don't be deceived by empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense. That sounds a lot to me like that um, futility in their thinking. Basically, they're dumb. They believe their own lie. I want you to remember that when you guys encounter stuff like that. Um, I want you to imagine my shorts as these shorts, just the pom-pom shorts, as your uh, godly nature. And when you become a Christian, you're saved, you put it on. I would put it on, but... I don't want people to see me putting on pants in church like that. So when you become a Christian, you put on your shorts. God has given you a new pair of shorts, or it's your, your new Christian lifestyle, your new nature, and you wear it for all to see. But when you, put, when you sin and you put on your sinful nature, you cover it up. So Christians and non-Christians alike, they can't see your Christian nature. You hide it. So when someone looks at you and says, hey, oh, okay, you're just like one of us, you know. You're not any different than the world. Imagine how God must feel. I believe God is definitely hurt by that. I think he's, he's crying. I see those skeptics there looking at me like, what are you talking about? Look at verse 30 here. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed, for the day of redemption. I believe God is grieved when we as Christians put on our sinful nature. Why? Because this passage here is talking to the Ephesians. These are Christians. Now I'm sure God is disappointed and he's hurt when unbelievers sin. I believe that's why he came. He didn't like to see that. But I believe that when Christians do it, it seems like there's a deeper level of pain for God. So when we, when we put on our sinful nature over our Christianity, it's not showing the right kind of uh, lifestyle that we should be living. Uh, do you know why we put on our sinful natures? Does anyone know? Well, it says so in verse 21. Uh, it says, we, as we learn about Jesus Christ, we are supposed to throw off our old nature which is being corrupted by our deceitful desires. Our old nature is being corrupted by our deceitful desires. So it seems like our nature is influenced by our desires. And our desires, or at least our, our desires are always influenced by some sort of pleasure. Think about it. If you're in primary school and you, you know, say, hey, that's your ma, you feel good about that. Because, hey, that kid talked about your big head. You say, hey, look, that's your mommy. It makes you feel a little bit better. When you're in high school and you curse someone out, you know, you feel good, like, yeah, that's right. When you gossip about someone else, you're not feeling as badly about yourself. When guys lust after girls, especially this one, they're only thinking about their own self-gratification, as Chris said. When you're at work or when you're in college and you, you want to fit in with the crowd, you know, you're just thinking, hey, I don't want to be left out. I don't want to be alone. So, you know, let me just do something so I can fit in. That brings you some sort of pleasure. Maybe you're at work and uh, you might be stealing time from the boss, not necessarily money or products, but you're stealing time from him. So you're saying, yeah, because the boss won't pay me enough for this. So I'm going to do what I want. It brings you some sort of pleasure. And I'm telling you, when you put your desires ahead of God, I believe it's idolatry. When Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 says, don't be greedy for the things of this world. The things of this world are your desires. Each of us have our own desires. When we put our desires before God or ahead of God, 
I believe we're committing adultery, or an idolatry, I should say. And I believe God is definitely pained by that in verse 30. I want you to understand, uh, those of you who did the Truth Project would know about this, uh, Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, it says that you should have no other God for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Now, is this the same kind of jealousy that, uh, ooh, we'll see Demi there, that Demi would have if she saw Rachel, you know, making out with her boyfriend? Is that the same kind of jealousy? No. The jealousy God is talking about here is Elkwanah. <laughs> Elkwanah, it means it's a zeal that arises when sin threatens a coveted relationship. God craves a relationship with you, uh, and he sees that as very important. He's jealous for you, not jealous of the thing you put ahead of him, but jealous for you. Now forget Romeo and Juliet. You know, I know you guys think that, that whole uh, soliloquy, but soft, would light through yonder. You all thought that was good, but God is jealous for you. Now when someone says, hey, I'm jealous for you, I'd be like, ooh. Man, this is deep. You know, God is jealous for you. So I just want you to, to remember that tonight. Let's not put our desires ahead of God. In closing, I wanted to mention 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's God's favorite word, by the way, marvelous. I'll ask him to say it after the service. It says, you were chosen people. God chose you. said, hey, you were mine, you know. You are a royal priesthood. You are priests. All of us are priests, maybe in our setting, pastors, ministers of the gospel. So when people see you, you represent God. You're a holy nation. Because of the work Christ did on the cross, you are considered holy if you're a Christian. A people belonging to God. Something that he holds close to his heart. So it's almost like we're there and God's hugging us. We're on his chest. And when we, you know, sin put on our sinful nature. We're saying, hey, God, look, my desire is more important than you. Get away. Let me, let me satisfy my own self. And we're pushing away from God. So I can understand why God must be heard by this. It says we are to declare his praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Remember in verse uh, 17, it says, verse 18, it says, these people are darkened in their old nature. But now we are in the light. We were once darkened. We're not POWs anymore. We are free. Okay? We are, we are declared righteous in the sight of God, and we are in his marvelous light. So how do we declare God's praises? By living that holy lifestyle, by being good, true, faithful, encouraging. All these words we just say, you know, take for granted kind of thing. These are actually godly attributes. So when you're kind to someone, when you love someone, when you speak truthfully, these are godly attributes. Don't let anyone tell you different. When you go off to school, guys, guys, especially when you go off to school, be careful. People are going to lie to you. Your profs are going to tell you, hey, you know, drink at school. Your friends are going to be like, hey, look, party. I, I stepped out of my, um, my hallway every Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Walk down, open the door. People are like, hey, bear pong. That's a game. Go down the other hall. People are like, hey, shots. Woo. And they just drink, drinking. I had a friend who passed out in front of his door. He had his card in his hand going to reach. Uh, I just passed out. I, I walked past him and saw him. He's like, well, oh, man. I had to help him in his room. It's a good thing he didn't throw up on me. Our friendship could have ended there. But I just wanted to, to let you guys know, let's not put our desires before God. We're his children. Let's live like it. Thank you.